0: good morning everyone happy new year to you I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas I took that uh, week off of the uh, the weekly devotional anyway it fell on Christmas day and I was uh, enjoying that time with my family but we're back uh, this morning it is the first of January it's the beginning of a new year and uh, we're, we're still in uh, our study through second Peter uh, chapter 2 today we'll be in verses 15 through 22. But I want to welcome everyone back. I hope you're having a a fantastic holiday, enjoying some time off and time with family. I've had quite a bit of time off. I'm back to my normal work routine at this point. uh, But it's, it's a blessing to start out the new year in the Word of God, opening up the Bible and sharing these lessons with you. So thank you again for tuning in to the New Lexington Bible Church Weekly Devotional Podcast. I'm Pastor Brian. We'll be in 2 Peter Chapter two, verses fifteen through twenty-two today, and uh, I will uh, open us up in prayer, and we'll get right to it. Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us through uh, twenty twenty-three, and bringing us into a new year, Lord. And uh, we open up our Bibles today. God, and ask that you lead, guide, and direct us, Lord. Help us to understand the word, uh, the word of God. Help us to understand your scriptures. Help us apply these truths to our life. And, uh, and also reflect these truths onto others around us. Lord, we need you. We love you. We thank you. Uh, we thank you for a brand new year full of brand new opportunities um, to um, reflect on how far you've brought us. Maybe on things that we are struggling with and on things that we can do or new ways that we can go about drawing close to you. <clears throat> that we can commit ourselves this year to doing our best for you, Lord. And uh, you deserve that from us. You're worthy. And, um, Lord, we're sorry for where we have failed you, and uh, but we're thankful for your forgiveness and for your righteousness. And uh, thank you that you don't give up on us and that you keep encouraging us and helping us and leading us in the right way to go, Lord. And we'll talk about the right way in our study today. And I ask that you bless this lesson, bless all those that will listen into it, God, I pray that you will touch their needs and be a strength and encouragement and comfort to them and uh, Lord, give me the words to teach and uh, I thank you for every opportunity in Jesus name amen <clears throat> all right we're in second Peter here we're in chapter two i'll go ahead and begin to read here in verse fifteen. "...which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bezor who loved the wages of unrighteousness." So again, the topic, the subject of this are false teachers, alright? And here in verse 15 where we're picking up at, these false teachers have forsaken the right way, alright? So they've forsaken that way, they've gone astray... They're following the way of Balaam, who was a false prophet. And it says here that Balaam loved the wages of unrighteousness, so they've been compared to him. So they have a love for profiting off of their unrighteousness. And here in verse 16, but was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumbass speaking with man's voice for bad things or forbid, but forbade the madness of the prophet. That's, if you'll remember the story of Balaam in the Bible, um, God had uh, made it so a donkey would hold him up, right? Wouldn't take him down the road there for there was an angel there in the the road that would have taken his life had he um, chose uh, to try to persist. And even the donkey was obedient to God Um, and stopped him in his tracks. If you'll remember, he smote the donkey. And then the donkey spoke to him. Um, pretty, Pretty amazing account there. Verse 17. These are wells without water. Who are the false teachers? Clouds that are carried with a tempest to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity... They allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ... They are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire." Those are some pretty strong words. I think one thing I'll have to address, too. Here again is another passage of Scripture that some people who believe that you can um, walk away from Jesus and lose your salvation, we'll, we'll look at that, okay? So the believer is eternally secure. This verse doesn't change anything, um, but we'll I'll explain it a little bit more here. So the first thing we've encountered with these false teachers and of course uh if you listen back over the first part of um second peter chapter two we discussed a lot about the characteristics of a false teacher uh who ends up in these categories how they end up in that category and also how no sincere believer in christ who is repentant towards christ for their sins can be in that category okay um, these are those who have forsaken the right way, is what we're talking about, and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bezor who loved the wages of unrighteousness. So let's look at that just for a second. Um, forsaking the right way. Let's start with that one. Um, I think Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 7, verse 14. What did he say? Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Uh, verse 13 t- tells us in that scripture that uh, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. So these false teachers are on the broad uh, path that leads to destruction. All right, uh, It's the easiest path to travel. It's also the most popular path to travel. Um, so those that are Seeking to do what is popular and culturally acceptable could very well be on. Well, let me rephrase that. If they're seeking to do what's popular and culturally acceptable, they are on the wrong path, the broad path. Okay, um, and that's Bible, and so they have forsaken uh, the right way. It tells us here also. That they have gone astray. Um, so to go astray would be like to deviate uh, from a correct path or direction into error. So, um, so they have. So it's also important to piece this together. It says they have forsaken the right way. It doesn't doesn't actually tell us that they were ever going the right way to begin with. It just alludes to the fact that they have knowledge of the right way but they have forsaken that or they have turned away from that to go their own way and the way that they feel is the best way to go and in so doing they have gone astray or they have deviated from the correct path not that they were ever on it but at least they had the opportunity to go the right way and to take the correct path because they had knowledge of it, but instead they have forsaken it, and by doing so they've now deviated from the correct path or the correct direction and they've gone into error. The Bible tells us there's many that are on that path into error today. Um, And the only way we can avoid going down that path ourselves, one, you can't just stop short of faith and rely solely on what you know, okay? It tells us here in a minute that they had knowledge of, but it does not tell us that they put their faith in you can know about jesus but there's a big difference between knowing the story of jesus and putting your faith in christ for your salvation um so it's important that you put your full trust in christ for your salvation and as a result of that you will have a desire not to forsake the right way and you will have a desire not to go astray You'll still be capable of it, but you will have a desire to stay on the right path. And by having true saving faith in Christ, putting your full trust in Him, you now enable the Holy Spirit of God and all of the resources of God to go to work on your behalf in the preservation and redemptive work that we receive through our relationship with Christ. Somebody that falls short of putting their faith in Christ for salvation they lack those resources and so they can go astray and forsake the right way and stay and remain on the wrong path because they're relying solely on their own direction and they have taken God out of the picture Um, and for their own motives which is what we see here what is their motive? well they love the wages of unrighteousness so if you think about this They've gone the way of Balaam, right? I told you about this false prophet. The big thing there with that reference is this. Balaam could not curse God's people. Remember, Balak wanted him to curse all of Israel who had landed in the plains of Moab. He could not curse them, so instead he corrupted them by teaching them to defile themselves. And so that's kind of what's happening in a lot of ministries today. Uh, People are being misled in the wrong path. And they are being taught that it's okay for them to be defiled. And they are corrupting themselves as a result. Um, And here, the reference is the wages of unrighteousness. So let's think about what that means. The wages of unrighteousness is to be financially profitable... It any of the aforementioned scenarios, so any of those things that we talked about um, through this chapter, to make a profit off of those, all right, um, to be financially profitable, uh, that is to accept the wages of unrighteousness. This is somebody who has realized how profitable the wrong way is. And, and so they go the wrong way because they love those wages they love the profit that's involved um, and there's plenty of examples of that I don't have to sit here and name them for you alright so these false teachers are referred to here in verse 17 as wells without water uh, think about this wells at that time were vitally important, right? I mean, that was the source of water, right? We need water to live, okay? Also, I would point out the craft of digging wells uh, had to be masterful and follow a long-standing tradition passed down from generation to generation. It would be great if young men going into the ministry today would learn that what we do in our calling to God is something that the Holy Spirit desires for us to do in a masterful way, and also we ought to follow a long-standing tradition that's passed down from generation to generation. The Bible tells us that. It's not our job to reinvent the wheel and try to make it acceptable to the current culture climate. It's our job to follow the path that has always been the right way and not forsake it. Um, And you know, yes, that's difficult and that direction is not always clear and concise to us. And we have to seek the Lord in our life to understand that. Um, But so here with the wells, it was a masterful craft. The ability to do it was passed down through longstanding tradition from generation to generation. I'll give you a name here. One of the most famous well diggers was Jacob in the Bible. Um, Now, here's the thing. It is expected when you go to a well that there would be water in it. Yes? Um, So this reference here goes further than a man's physical thirst. Obviously, you go to a well because you need water. What do you need water for? You need it to drink. You need it to bathe. You need it to clean. You need it to cook. Um... So, uh, water is absolutely vital to life. But further than the man's physical needs, um, is it, further than the fact that water in the well sustains life, is the fact that in this biblical reference of comparing a false teacher to a well without water, it is to say that their ministry cannot sustain spiritual life. Uh, it cannot lead to salvation. It cannot lead to a spiritually fulfilling life. It cannot strengthen and establish a believer to stay faithful through the test of time and adversity. It does not satisfy man's thirst for God. Further in our chapter here, we see that these false teachers claim that their way of life is liberating. It's freedom but it is not true freedom because the Bible tells us that they themselves are in bondage and so following them leads the follower into bondage as well. Then the Bible tells us that their latter end is worse than the beginning. It says here, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse Uh, with them than the beginning. So let me give you another reassurance here. It says that they had escaped through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it does not say that they were delivered out of through their faith in Jesus Christ. Okay? It is very possible... For someone to have knowledge of Christ, knowledge of the Bible, knowledge of the instructions of the Bible, and through that, they are able to escape the corruption that is in the world. But it doesn't mean that they will, because if they fall short of putting their faith in it, then they will again become entangled therein and overcome. Amen? Um, and so, the latter end is worse there uh, with them than the beginning, This is not a reference to somebody losing their salvation. It's a reference to the fact that somebody who comes into the knowledge of the gospel, the knowledge of the Bible, the knowledge of the right way to go, then attempts to apply that in their life without putting their faith in Christ. So they come out of their old life, but they've never been born again, they've never actually gotten saved. They've never actually put their full trust and dependence on the Lord. Then they turn around and turn back to those things. Their last estate will be worse than their first. It would have been better for them never to come into that knowledge um, to begin with. Um, And that's what the Bible is telling us here. So um, the latter end is worse than before. If you have knowledge of Christ and you have knowledge of the Bible and you have knowledge of the right way, the best thing for you to do is submit yourself to the Lord and ask him for forgiveness and salvation and for his holy spirit and then to help you live a life that's pleasing to him. You we can't do it without him. Um so this is more than just sinning a sin that you were delivered out of, all right? Um i know people they you know sometimes we have deliverance in our life of something when we go years down the road and we slip or we mess up we do something that we know we shouldn't have done and something that we know that we haven't struggled with in a long time or something that we know the lord has already delivered us out of and with that comes a great sense of shame and guilt and grief all right um that is not the same thing what we're talking about here what we're talking about in this chapter are those who know the right way have compared it to the wrong way and have decided that the wrong way and the life of sin is better this is more than just sinning a sin that you were delivered out of its salvation we are talking about a person who learned the gospel the way of righteousness but turned away from it to live in sin instead then the subject of the chapter is false teachers so if the fact that they turned away from it to live in sin in their own life wasn't bad enough they then exalt themselves into a position to teach other people to do the same Um, perhaps this person is not saved at all it's likely that they are not but if somebody were to have been saved then they have decided to live in sin instead of live for Christ, and that is uh, a terrible uh, fate to begin with. It's not saying that they, a person who's saved, would ever be condemned unto hell because they've decided to go back to sin, but it would certainly be a terrible disappointment because you think about it, in the first condition is a sinner who did not know any better, and in their ignorance just continued to sin. But the second is somebody who knows better and chooses to do the wrong to begin with. Um, And so the Bible tells us that person is like a dog who turns again to his own vomit. Um, Which is basically just says, ugh, it's disgusting, right? And that's how God sees it. So it's important for us not just to know the way to go, but to put our faith in the savior who can help us travel that way consistently because without him we can't stay on the right path um so don't fall short of just having knowledge um also have faith and put your faith in the lord jesus christ and so that's the uh, conclusion of, of chapter two there i hope it explained some things i hope it gave you some perspective on it I hope it was a blessing to you it certainly brings conviction it also helps us pay attention to what to look for in the qualities and characteristics of spiritual leaders. Amen. And, um, you know, we're all just men. I You know, I, I can't believe the Lord has is, is brought me to where I'm at today spiritually. And uh, I certainly feel that I fall short many times and that I'm not, that I'm not uh, good enough or whatever for that um, opportunity. But the Lord oftentimes uses an unlikely vessel. We have to remember that. It is about the heart and the condition of the heart. And so what we see in this chapter isn't somebody who's trying to do their best and falling short but pursuing the Lord. Um, That's somebody that's doing their best with a sincere heart and trying to grow spiritually. What we saw here instead was somebody that compared two different lifestyles And deliberately chose the wrong one because they considered it to be better than living for Christ. And that's a terrible shame when that happens. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the uh, devotional this morning. Lord, I know every sincere believer that listens to this uh, Bible study and self-included we desire to live a life that's pleasing to you, Lord, and uh, we want to do our best for you. Uh, we don't want to forsake the right way. We don't want to go the wrong path. We certainly don't want to lead anyone else on the wrong in the wrong direction. <clears throat> so, God, we ask that you help us, equip us through your Holy Spirit to help us be spiritually fruitful and productive and to continue faithfully in the right way, in the way that we should go for you, Lord. We cannot do it without you. And we pray that you will help us with this. We start a new year. Let us commit ourselves to living a life more pleasing to you. We need your help, Lord. And we thank you that you will help us, that you love us, you care for us, and you desire our very best. We thank you for that, Lord, um, today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you again for tuning in to the podcast. I'll see you next time on the New Lexington Bible Church Weekly Devotional Podcast.